Morning, everybody. It's good to see everyone here. A little different today. I, uh, I feel like I'm a, a reliever today. I feel like a solid, uh, for those baseball fans, actually, I won't say a quote. I feel like I'm a reliever today, and it feels good just coming in to, to uh, give uh, Pastor Cripps what she misses and loves you guys so much. It's, it's almost a burden for him to leave and not, not be here, but he, we're excited as a staff that he can rest and be, uh, um, be able to enjoy a weekend off. So I'm excited to be here today, and I'm excited to continue our series, Armor of God. We've been uh, chatting about some different things, and obviously, you know, as someone that grew up in church, I've heard, you know, a million messages on the armor of God. It's fantastic. It gets me pumped up. You know, obviously, today is fitting, and thank you for Kim to just taking that moment for our veterans. We're so thankful, so it just brings things into perspective, but um, Pastor Chris started off just giving us a plot to what our reality is. I define it myself as being birthed into this world and having a spiritual tension, Sin being in our myths and what that looks like for us, it, it, it just, unfortunately, we are birthed into this tension and this is our reality. Pastor Chris was talking about there being an enemy. My goodness, I can't just uh, uh, be more vocal about that even when I, whether that's in a small group or even here, give, having given this opportunity, this enemy is the foe of foes. You know, he is here to seek, kill, and destroy. I mean, I, I couldn't just give it to you as plainly as that. And we are, that, that's, what, that's what we're up against. Paul himself, you know, describes it in a specific way. But the reality is, is that how many of us know he's lost the war? Jesus gave his life and he lost the war. But on a day-to-day battle, uh, on a day-to-day, he's looking to win battles. And that's what he wants. He wants to win battles today on your day-to-day, when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're discussing things with the spouse, when you're dealing with your kids. He wants to be in every moment and he wants to win those specific battles. That's the reality that we face. And I'm sorry to start off on a downer, <laughs> but that's our reality. But you know what? Praise the Lord for his sacrifice, giving us the victory in that war. He's given his life for us so that we could have a, a hope and something to think about, which is a, a place for us in heaven. Praise the Lord for that. But we need to equip ourselves. This is the reality. Paul puts it this way, just to give us some perspectives on what this looks like. And then this is the beginning of when, you know, Paul starts describing what this armor should look like and what it is. And he says this in Ephesians 6 verse 11, put on the full armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So makes me think, like I've heard the word schemes for some reason. I just, I'm sorry, like I'm just kind of ADD, like I'm just thinking about a million things. I thought about like uh, uh, pyramid schemes, you know, just different things that might appear to be a certain way, but are different may look to be like a need or may look to be something that you need or you want, but it's something different. This is what a scheme is. It looks beautiful. It looks great. It looks like, it could look like an opportunity. It could look like a potential for something good, but it's a scheme from the enemy. I'm not saying of anything specific, but I just want to give you that perspective. And Paul, he knew. So he's like on alert 24-7, seven days a week. He's looking to equip himself and to just be aware and be better and know what the scheme is. And one of the schemes that we'll talk about today and what Paul is speaking about in this portion of the armor is he has a scheme that's out for our peace. Listen, folks, in the last couple weeks, I've looked at the news, I've been scrolling on social media, I've just seen what's going on, and I don't know if I was the only one, but there have been two shootings, uh, some fires, there's, there's a, you know, what happened in Pittsburgh, what happened in California, 
a lady, and this just came to mind, it wasn't planned, but a lady, she is so distraught from the loss of her son that she's saying that she doesn't even want prayers or God. She doesn't want that. She just wants almost revenge, it seemed like. So, sorry, that, that, um, that really shook me because in my opinion, like that's what I'm doing day to day, praying for this world, praying for peace to come over people, praying for God's goodness to take over people's hearts. This is what we're living through. People are, your peace is being challenged day to day. I mean, again, I'm just saying, pull out your phone, look at CNN, and I bet you in five seconds, your peace is going to be removed. Anxiety, fear, nerves, these things are just going to come up. It's what we're contending with, and honestly, it's what we're being challenged with, with the removal of this peace. So I'm thinking of Paul and like thinking of ourselves and what we're enduring, and man, I just, Paul isn't Jesus, but I believe Paul. And the reason why is because of what he's dealt with. My goodness, look, he, he describes in 1 Corinthians, like, he's trying to tell the Corinthian church, like, guys, like, you know, I'm legit for the gospel, I'm legit for Jesus, look at what I've dealt with. He says, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes, quick math, five times 39, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. I'm thinking of like that, what's that movie called? Wilson. He's been lost at sea, I mean lost and like it's just him and like salt water and trying to pray probably like to be found. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. Verse 26, I have been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles even, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in the labor and hardships through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and in cold. Listen, Paul knows how it is to not have peace. Let's be real. I mean, he's been through things that we'll probably never have to deal with. The closest one here to be shipwrecked is me because I lived on an island. And that didn't happen to me, so I'm good. Like, I just, I'm past that phase of my life. But this was his reality. He really was shooken for the purpose of the gospel. He's shooken for, for Jesus' purposes. And it just makes me then think also even the position that he was in when he was writing this letter to the Church of Ephesians and talking about the armor of God. Listen. The, the Ephesians epistle is known as a prison epistle. While Paul is writing this, he's actually in prison. Like, for something that he didn't even do. Again, we know what prison looks like. We know what it is to be in jail. Typically these days when you're incarcerated because of something that you did. Well, Paul is just out there just trying to preach the gospel, bring the good news. And he himself was in prison because of this. So I'm just envisioning Paul again. Sorry with my visions. That's just how my brain works. Thinking of Paul, just sitting there, and he's watching Roman soldiers walk in and out every day. He's sitting in his prison cell watching, like, these men and watching what they do and watching their day shifts, their night shifts maybe, watching them walk in and out as he's just sitting there staring at them. And he's like, my goodness, I have gone through it. I am honestly in a position where I should not have peace, but I'm equipped I believe in this message. I've seen Jesus. I've experienced him in my life. I have him to hold. To, I just, I have this message and I know it. So I need to be equipped and empowered just like these Roman soldiers are. I need to have a breastplate of righteousness. And he calls it the breastplate of righteousness. I need to have a belt so that I can run. And that's the belt of truth. And today, that third portion, which is verse 15, Ephesians 6. And it's uh, the, uh, the signal of verse for today is, Verse 15 saying, having shod then your feet with the preparation 
of the gospel of peace. Shod. You know what shod means? Get your shoes on, folks. Get your shoes on. Come on, somebody. Little illustration for those, sorry for those listening on our podcast, I'm just pulling out my shoe rack. Um, uh, yeah, I did spray it, Russ. <laughs> no, no bad smells coming from here. Um, Listen, I got shoes here for every season. I got some tennis shoes. I got some old school, like high school basketball, like Air Nikes look like spaceships. Still use them for basketball. I got my golf shoes for my fellow golfers that'll be going to Florida probably because the winter's coming. Um, I got my flippity flops. I got two pairs of flippity flops. I got my dad flops and I got my LAX flops is what I call them. They're like nice blue, like a little bit more trendy. Um... So Paul's looking at like these Roman soldiers and I just, I have some images just because I love to entertain, again, my own brain. Like he's looking at what these soldiers are wearing and he sees that they're equipped for the season. This first image is probably what a Roman sandal would look like for a soldier. You see it's light, it's probably comfortable, it doesn't have too much padding, they're flexible, they're able to do. The next image is actually one like just painted out to what they should look like in real day. So if, as you can see on the bottom, it has some pellets you know, they're probably able to in the sand, in the rain, mud or anything, those pellets probably help them with being able to just grip. So being able to run and like get themselves in a, in a good position. Again, light, very light. These, these soldiers, I mean, they were, they were equipped. For us, it's a little bit different because now I have shoes for every season, right? You got boots, you got sandals, you got tennis shoes, whatever the case may be. But he's watching them walk around these and he's like, I also need to be equipped with my feet, it's important. Some soldiers at that point would say they weren't able to carry extra swords, they weren't able to carry extra shields, but they were able to carry extra shoes. Could you imagine like a, a soldier, if you're in the middle of nowhere, anything can be a weapon. This is what I've heard from people that are in the military. Anything can be a weapon, but to get like a shoe that's waterproof or something like that, they're, they're important, they're important. They would carry multiple uh, shoes. You know, if they, if they lost their shoes being barefoot and Anywhere, getting, you know, being risked of getting an injury or something like that, it was, it was very important. And Paul also wanted us to, the, uh, to know what we needed to prepare ourselves with our feet. So he said, Wear, shod your feet, shod your feet, or shod, putting these shoes on with the preparation of the gospel. And, you know, it couldn't have been a better song than what we just sang of what the gospel was. My goodness, folks, I just... On a day-to-day, I'm just in a position where I have no other uh, attitude that I can have just to be thankful, just to know the reality of what God has done. Listen, for those that don't know, for those that don't know the gospel of the good news, God, he took, he embodied what he didn't have to. He embodied a man, decided to come down from heaven and to put himself in our position. He and his greatness And the greatness of God said, you know what? He calculated in his mind, there's no other thing that I can do but to give my life. I have to give my life. That's what he decided to do. Then to come here and endure what he had to endure on a day-to-day, things that we'll never have to endure. This is the reality of the good news. This is the reality of the gospel. Listen, that he, uh, after, uh, you know, enduring that painful death, that he had to endure nails in his hands, whips, lashes. Again, a reality that we'll never have to face and having then to, be, uh, to experience death, which he shouldn't have had to experience either. He decided to put that on 
And you know what? Three days went by. And he said, no, I'm the champion because I'm going to win this war. The war that we didn't have to fight for. The war that we didn't have to. He decided. He said, well, I'm going to be the champion of this war and do what no one else can do because I know this is what's going to bring salvation to my people. And you know what that is? Taking on that death and then raising on the third day. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but like I'm starting to get a little bit of the sweats because that's, that's something that it's, it's, it's more than words can describe. I can stand here and speak, but it's that action. If there's any other action that could be less Describe with words, I wouldn't do anything or wouldn't do it justice as people say. It's that sacrifice that Jesus is for. That's the good news. And that's what we have. That's what we have. That's what we have to carry. And what I want us to now embody and to take, uh, uh, kind of have this perspective is, in order for us to shot our shoes, it's a process. And for me, as a person that has, you know, an athletic background, I just like, I think about training and I think about things in those way. I think about things in, step, in, in steps. And you know what the first step is? It's got to be that we got to get our shoes on. Listen, we got plenty of shoes for every season in life. We have shoes here uh, that we can do specific things. You are wearing shoes based off of what the weather is. It's important that every day we put our shoes on. And you know what? Paul's giving this example. He's not talking about just physical shoes. I want us to have the perspective in mind that our journey, this journey that we have, this journey that we have, this pursuit of Christ. It's going to be a long journey. Paul refers to it oftentimes as a race. That's why he's looking at these Roman soldiers and saying, you know what? They're equipped for no matter what happens. They're ready for whatever battles they may need to face. They're ready for any schemes or whatever. And he said, well, I need to be equipped in the same way, putting on shoes based off of not just the season, but being prepared, knowing that, that I need to be equipped with the right equipment and just be able to, to embody that. Paul was thinking of just the long journey that even he had, the things that he had gone through and how he was able to keep that peace and keep the gospel as a reality in his brain. It was with having his shoes on. Get those shoes on. Listen, let the first step of your day, let the first thing that you do every day be acknowledging him. Be acknowledging him. If, that, if you're gonna take a first step, if you're gonna take shoes on, let that first step that you take be acknowledging him in everything that you do. Why? Because the end is right outside the door. Literally right outside the door. I've had so many experiences that, you know, I wake up in the morning and there's just so many things that I walk out the door and have to deal with, whether that's a phone call, a text, or something similar that just literally robs me of my peace instantly and then sets the tone for the rest of my day. If I put my shoes on and I, get, and I decide myself to say, you know what, the first step I'm going to take when I get up in the morning is acknowledging him, man, that's going to make my day very different. Right? It's going, to make the, it's going to make how I act, what I say, what I do. It's going to set the tone for the rest of the day. And it's going to put me in a position where I am equipped, where I do have my shoes on. I got them strapped on. So this is a weird kink about me. So typically a person like myself, based off of the friends and the people that I've talked to, like typically a guy like me would have had an issue like where I stepped on a nail or like I cut myself because I was being stubborn, didn't have shoes on or something like that. I have the weirdest thing about shoes. I always have shoes on. In DR, where I grew up, there's stuff everywhere. There's glass, there's garbage, there's plastics, there's stuff. I looked outside and I, looked, and I literally had a fear of like not going outside without shoes on. I was like, I don't wanna get cut. Like my cousins are like climbing trees without shoes. I'm like, dude, these guys are crazy. If something happens to my foot, I'm gonna be so upset. That's just my way of thinking. So now it's like, I didn't matter what, what I'm doing, I mean, sometimes I'll be serving and I'll go outside and this. He's like, Daddy, get your shoes on. But, but most of the time, I got my shoes on. I am not wanting to walk out and cut my foot, hurt myself, 
and then set the tone, right, for the rest of my day. Listen, the enemy, a scheme, a scheme is something that looks a certain way, that's dressed up a certain way, and then you can't tell what it really is. Imagine like you going outside and then it's like pillows on the ground, but it's a scheme of the enemy and then it's just pin needles. That's, that's the mindset that we need to have. That's the way that we have to think about it, that there are schemes and certain times that he wants to take opportunities to just throw stuff at us. Listen, I love David. David is just someone that, I don't know, I just, uh, I, there's something about a man just loving and being thankful to God the way that he was, that you would dance up and down the street and not care about anything. There's just something about him and I really appreciate how in moments of his life, in moments of difficulty, and in moments that he would struggle, he still kept his form, essentially is what I consider it to be. He still kept his faith strong. And even in Chronicles, when it's just stories of his, of him and his life and his, and his reign and his kingdom, even then he would still take opportunities to write psalms of thanksgiving. In Chronicles, First Chronicles, verse 6 and 11, he's just giving thanks. And, and one of the things that he acknowledges and he tells uh, the person, the reader, he says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Every day, every day that you wake up, you have to get socks, shoes on, especially now when it's cold. I live with some people in my home that are really, really cold and the heat has to be up high. She's sitting over there with a, <laughs> with a red top. She's got the fuzziest socks. She's got the fuzziest socks. They're about this thick. Listen, she puts them on, and she's not cold. She goes outside, she puts her boots on. Doesn't matter if she's just going to get the mail. She puts the big old boots on, and she's ready to get out there. She sure is. Why? And like, with that mentality, like you just, you, there has to be a priority to us getting ready, getting our shoes on, shotting them, and getting to a position where we're ready to get out. Because believe me, once you get out, it's game time. It's game time. Just like these wonderful veterans that are here and that have served this country here and in other places, they couldn't get out to the battlefield and not be ready. Literally, it was like they had to step in and then boom, it's, it's game time. That's how it was. Step two, be prepared. Step two, be prepared. So, again, with my shoes and my feet weirdness stuff, I went to Colorado for the first time a couple months ago, or about a month ago, and it was cold. Like, the weather suggested that it was going to be, like, 50s, actually the wedding that I was in was probably like close to 40 even. It was pretty chilly. I took my, both my flippity flops, my boots, two pairs of tennis shoes, and then also two pairs of dress shoes. I don't know why I did that. Like, after I came back and like even thinking through, I was like, that was weird. Like, I'm not the type of person to like be crazy about like what I wear and all that stuff. But I, it's just a weird thing. I, like I said, it's a weird thing with my feet. I got to be ready. I don't want to step on something, crud, or whatever the case may be. I over-prepared for that moment, <laughs> literally. Luckily, my bag wasn't overweight. Didn't have to deal with any of that stuff. But I over-prepared. Listen, this same, this same mentality, I wish that I would have for preparing every day to come out into the world and get my shoes on and be ready with whatever the enemy is wanting to throw. And the way that we prepare, goodness, it's the word. There's nothing better there's nothing better. I, I, I've just had just such a blessed life that early on I was able to be instructed, whether that was in a good way or not, it doesn't matter because now I'm seeing the benefits. I was instructed that the word is what's going to guide me through. It's what's going to take me to. Those are the things that my dad used to tell me. And honestly, going, going back to David, he knew that reality as well. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, 
and a light to my path. Your word, a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. We lost power, um, I believe it was yesterday, or, right? Wild Lake people? For a couple hours, right? Right? Hey, my flashlight, I know that's the one thing. More than tools or anything else, I knew where it was. I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to go get it. <laughs> Got it, boom, turned it on, and I was good. Literally took me two seconds. I don't know if any of you guys have had an experience of being in the dark and being like in a dark, dark place and not knowing and not having access to light, not having, not a lot of us do. But my goodness, there's nothing better than when you're in darkness and you're just looking around and you don't know what to grab, what to get. There's nothing better than turning on that light and being able to see, being able to see what's around you, being able to see where to walk, where to go. There's nothing better than that. And David, through his ups and downs, through his journey that he had and he went through, he understood, man, the word of God, that's my lamp. That's my light. I, I can walk blindly knowing that I'm stepped firm on the word of God, that I'm stepped firm and he's going to give me direction and he's going to give me instruction. You know, a lot of people talk to me about, you know, the word and understanding the word and the difficulties of getting into the word and even comprehending it. You know what? That's, that's fine. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that much saying that I, even with these verses that I've read, I've had to prepare and take time to look through. But you know what? The disciples, they were fishermen. The disciples, Peter, he was a fisherman. He, not that he didn't care about studying. I bet if we could read, he probably like had some interest in it all. But he wasn't a doctor. He wasn't a lawyer. You know what he did have? He had the power that came to the sacrifice of Christ. He believed and he knew what was true. And he grabbed that reality and he grabbed that realness and he said, I'm running with this. I don't care if I'm going to get whooped. I don't care if I'm going to get stoned. I don't care what's going to happen to me. I know what's true. I know this reality, and I'm just going to walk for a minute. Sometimes it takes us taking that attitude as well and taking the time to prepare and not allowing these little things in your mind to think, well, you know, I'm not worthy to share the word or I'm not worthy to, like, be able to, I don't know, get a group of guys together or get a group of gals together and look at the word together. I just don't feel worthy of that. Well, forget that. Sometimes we just need to take that attitude, pray, allow the spirit to work, and get into the word and just be able to share. I just, I, I think that as long as we always, always acknowledge that the light is the word and that it gives us direction and it gives us the trajectory they were looking for, that's what we need to remain confident in. And that's what we need to hold to be true. The last step here is going to be that we have a message in a specific. So we need to know what that message is. We need to know the reality of that message. This is very interesting how Paul portrays this. He says, you know, being prepared with the gospel of peace. Paul could have said the gospel of life. He could have said the gospel of love. He could have said the gospel of righteousness. He could have said the gospel of, I mean, a number of things. He could have said a, a number of things, but he chose peace. And it's because it's a reality that we must know, one that is being, wanting to be stripped from us, but one that we can live a life of peace. Listen, there's two ways that God with his sacrifice, that Jesus with his sacrifice gave us peace. And one, it's a positional peace. Peace with God. This is what it means. Peace with God. Romans 5 verse 1. It says, for, it says therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what this means? It means that we're not bound by a law, that it's Jesus and through Jesus that we're saved and we have access to something different of, the, of what this world is. It's going to be something better, something that we can't, again, even comprehend. It's through him, not through what we do. 
And that being saved through Christ and having belief in him as our savior, we then have peace with God. Some of it it's referred to as what it was prior, enmity. We had a conflict, a separation from God. Sin separated us in this way. But through Jesus, we have now this experience that we can have, which is peace. It's positional peace granted to us by Jesus. You know, having sin forgiven is more than just walking in a, in a perspective that, you know, we're, we're, we're free and we're, you know, we've, we've been taken to strip from us. It's a positioning, actually. Sin removal from us is a positioning that we can live in a position of peace and experience that. The second way is a personal peace. And this personal peace is definitely something that I just like, it just, it, in my heart and in my mind, it just stirs and stirs and stirs because of what we face today. You know, I've had moments in my life where it was small things. It was small things that robbed my peace, whether it's, you know, having a stomach ache or having a toothache or having to do with that, or I've had bigger things, a loss of a job, you know, a loss of a family member, something similar to that. Those things rob you of your peace. But having a personal peace, I mean, goodness, it's almost incalculable to be able to live like that. I mean, do any of us live in a daily peace? Aren't there things day to day that really disrupt even our way of thinking and even our connection with the Spirit? Isn't that a reality? This is what, Paul, this is what uh, Philippians 4, 7 says as well. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So having peace and a peace that's described like this, for me, it's almost like the discovery of the planets, you know, going around the sun, that the sun is in the middle. I'm thinking of all these guys. And Paul is probably too, because he lives in a, in a time frame where there's thinkers and there's people that like love philosophy. Things are being discovered. He lives in this time. And he lives in a time of people that like understand and know and have knowledge. Well, he's very intentional of saying this piece, you're not going to be able to crack it. It's not a code that you'll be able to solve. It's not a, uh, an equation that you can do. It's not even something that you'll be able to discover ever. It's, it, it's beyond all comprehension because it's through a sacrifice that Jesus made. We have peace with God. And then through that peace that we have with him, we can find ourselves in peace as well. And not just that, this specific peace, which is a huge element, it's what guards our heart and our minds. I also am someone to worry quite a bit. You know, and am I the only one? I heard some giggles. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> There's worry words and there aren't. Well, I'm one. I am. I worry about my children. I worry about the weather and having to deal with snow. Anything can really catch me, depending on the moment, and can throw me off. That's just my reality that I have to live with. I oftentimes pray to God that he would give me the strength to just, like, endure and, like, move forward and plug away and push. And God is, and, and God is telling me, like, yeah, that's fine, but, like, just know that you can have peace. And that's what I'm thinking of now, like how peace really just like covers. It's like almost like a little, uh, you know, a little suit over my mind and over my heart is what I think of it as. We have so many things, uh, church family, that we can really stress out about that'll cause us lose sleep, anxiety. I don't even know what those were when you came in today. I know what mine were, I mean, but I don't know what those were today. If we take this on, this personal peace, that we are able to receive through grace, through faith, that Jesus is our savior, man, it's life is gonna be way different. I can't, I can't tell you, I can't tell you enough. 
you scroll, again, listen, my thumb, for some reason my thumb is pretty strong. This has to be because of all that scrolling, right? <laughs> Social media, news, like, I just keep scrolling. It's, there's so many things that right now are just like, I mean, knocking the wind out of us. That's just the reality. That's just the reality. What if, you know, what if I decided to drop that for an hour and like put my shoes on for a second and get in the word? What would that look like? What did it look like if I just, when I saw something pop up in the news or got some, you know, some weird report of something different, instead of like uh, the sweat, you know, getting worried and sweating, like just trying to like zone out because that's kind of where I'm at. Sometimes I just want to zone out and start doing that. What if I take that time to just spend it in the spirit, prepare, put myself in a position where I'm being strengthened by the word and being strengthened by the spirit. It's a different, it'll be a different feel. I mean, it, it really will. And that peace, again, that peace, it's just, it's, it goes beyond all comprehension and it goes beyond everything that we know, but it's what's gonna guard our hearts and it's what's gonna mind our mind. That's the message. That's the message. Jesus, um, in, a, in, a, in a moment in, in the word, he, he sat down with the disciples and he was trying to explain to them uh, and trying to kind of be open with them about his, his reality, which his reality at some point in the word, especially like, you know, and John and some of the others, that he was going to, he was going to lay down his life. He knew this. He knew that this was coming and he knew that it was, so I love like trying to dialogue, like the disciple dialogue. It's like Jesus tells them, they're sitting down and Jesus says, you know, you're going to, now you're going to see me and then you're not. And, but I'm kidding. I'm going to come back. And the disciples are like, what is he talking about? Like, what's going on here? You know, I can just imagine them like saying, hey, call Peter, because Peter's known him the longest. Maybe he'll be able to figure out what he's saying, like, because I have no idea what's going on. And he's telling them, there's going to be, you guys are going to weep. You guys are going to cry. You guys are going to suffer. And even more so, they're like, Peter, like, what is he saying? He's just, they're freaking out. They're freaking out as they often did because they didn't understand and comprehend. And he's just sharing with them and being open with them. And at one point, they realize, they're like, my goodness, you are, you're the one. You are, you're, you are the one. And in, and in John 16, verse 33, he, he tells them this. These things I've spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but take courage. Mm, I guess we pumped up. Take courage. Take courage. Be optimistic. No, be confident. Be strong. Put your shoes on. Know the reality. Be confident. Take confidence. I overcame. I have overcome the world. And in me, you can have peace. In me, you can have joy. In me, you can have confidence that, that even through whatever journey you may be in or whatever the world says, you know, in moments of my life, people have told me that I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today. These are one of the things that I was contending with. And this is off script, I've, I've heard so many things of people telling me and discouraging me that because of a stutter, because of my background, or because even the man that my father was, that I wasn't gonna be able to step up here and be able to speak truth. That's a lie. That was a lie. Amen. I stand firm, I put my shoes on, and I know my reality in Christ. And that's that I'm a son, a son that's an heir to something better and that I've never, something that I've never experienced, not to the past of my father, not to the past of the people that came before me, but to my reality, that I'm designed and molded and made to be like him and for his purpose. That's my reality. That's what I live in. And no one is going to tell me that that's different, and no one can tell you that that's different. That's the reality. That's your reality. You know what? He overcame. 
He overcame for us. He overcame for you, for your children, for your family, for your coworkers. He overcame. He overcame for them. Have peace. Have peace no matter what's happening. Have peace no matter what's going on. Have peace because he's won that war. Have peace because he's won the war against your soul. We have access. Access that we never would have been able to have. Access that we wouldn't have had granted. Jesus never led with fear. He never approached his message with guilt or with um, a heavy burden. He gave peace, and in peace he showed love. And in peace he showed love. These steps are how. These steps are how we're able to. But here's why I'm speaking about this and to you guys today. In Romans chapter 10, Paul says this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? Having shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel, you know what that means? Is that you are a preacher, believe it or not. Believe it or not, and within your circle, within your circle that you're in, which I may or may not ever be able to come in touch with your circle, you are the preacher of that circle. Listen, your coworker that you see every day that you talk about Michigan destroying Rutgers and how they're going to make it to the playoff or how you're not ready for the snow or how you're excited for your Disney World vacation or how you're ready to do whatever the case may be, that circle that you're in, that's your circle. It's not mine. As much as I would love to set up shop, come and like do a Starbucks spread, bring some like, you know, stuff and like share words with them at work. Listen, I'd be kicked out. I would be. There are people, there are people right now that you do life with that I will never shake their hand. I will never see them in the eye and tell them, you know what, Jesus loves you no matter what. Yeah, this could be weird, but you know what? Like, I was not loved. I was not, you know, I had, but I, I have my reality of Jesus and he loves you in the same way. I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be granted access, but you know what? You will, you will. Noah by Peter and Second Peter, he's described as the preacher of righteousness. We don't think of Noah as a preacher, do we? No, we don't. He built an ark, fantastic, you know, saved his family. But could you imagine having to like tell your kids right now, get into the car, we have to, you know, we're going on a far journey and like them not understand it. Could you imagine that? He's telling his family and like preaching to, come on guys, we, we gotta go, we gotta get. And he's just like imploring them. Could you imagine? Peter knew him as a preacher of righteousness. Someone that is not known or even like thought of as, a, that's you, church. That's you, the opportunity that you have to bring righteousness to where you are, to be able to identify, identify that there's people that are hurting, identify that there's people that have been lied to by the word that they're in a, they're in a, a pyramid scheme. They're in a, a, a pyramid scheme of the enemy. They're, they're in it. And you have the ability to identify and say, you know what? That's a lie. That's a lie. That's not the truth. This is your reality. And again, it looks very different. I'm not telling you guys to get, and I'm not also being judgmental, but I'll say it, I'll say it anyways, I don't care. Um, there's a guy that rolls around here in this neighborhood that he has on his Jeep. He, it says, Jesus saves and the earth is flat. Interesting, okay, that's fine. I'm not telling you to do any of that. I'm not telling you to do any of that. What I'm saying is, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, is that Jesus never led with fear. He never led with judgment. He never led 
with harshness. He never told someone, if you don't, if you don't accept me, you're going to go to hell or die. He led it with peace, with a peace that goes beyond our understanding, with a peace that we'll never be able to comprehend, that then brought joy and brought a reality to our lives. It brought a reality to our lives, and that reality is that we have access to a God that we didn't have before. And now we have a positional and personal peace that puts us in a position that no one can, no one can solve that equation. No one's ever going to be able to solve the equation of what this peace and this reality that we live in. Verse 15, Paul says this. How will they preach unless they're sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. You've been empowered but you've also been sent, as well as I. Listen, your story is beautiful. In God's eyes, what you've gone through, and it's a beautiful story, what you have. And you have the opportunity and the ability to the people that are in your circle to present that story and your truth and what that truth is. That Jesus gave it all, as all can be defined, as all can be defined, his life, he gave it all. And he's saying, how beautiful are those that come and are able to just open, openly share what God has done in my life and what this looks like now after he came into my life. That's the reality. So what do we do? What do we do? Believe me, when the six, inch, when the six feet of snow come, I'll have my boots on. They're, they're, not too tre- they're not trendy. They're, you know, so-so, I guess. When summer comes, I'll put my flippily flops on and I'll be good. Whether that's my dad ones or my normal ones, I'll put them on too. And every season that I'm in, I'm going to put my shoes on. I'm going to get prepared. Because who knows the scheme that the enemy is trying to put against me, especially those that are aware. Especially those that are aware. Who knows the schemes that he'll put against me? Who knows the things that he'll throw at me? But I'm going to get ready. I'm going to put my shoes on. And guess what? I'm going to prepare. Because there's no better light to our lives in the word. There's nothing that will guide us better through the schemes and through the things that we deal with than the word of God. The encouragement that we find, the things that we seek, there's nothing better than that. And guess what? We have the best message. We have the best message that a life was given for our sake and that that life, it comes with a package of peace, a peace with a God that we don't deserve to have, but we were given and granted to it. It's not by what we do. It's by the faith that we put in him. And guess what? That peace gives us this personal peace that I can walk out of here and smile no matter what's happening, no matter my situation, no matter my finances, no matter my uh, situation with a spouse, no matter the health of a family member, no matter what, I can walk out of here with peace. A peace that I don't understand, but it's granted to me by him. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for uh, your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. Uh, Lord, the ability to just stand here and present um, your good news, your gospel, the sacrifice of your own life, the sacrifice of your life for us. It's a privilege to be able to stand here and, and acknowledge that, that you've given it all for us. I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would just, in this season that we're in and in the seasons to come, Lord, that you would help us prepare, that you would, get, that you would allow us to get our shoes on without interruption, that the first step that we take in the morning, Lord, is to, be acknowledged, to acknowledge you, and Lord, so that then we could be equipped and then be prepared, so that when we walk out of the door, is just it's it's a it's a open fire out there with the enemy lord just trying to seek kill and destroy that we would be prepared and equipped for that 
Lord, and that we would know the message and take it to heart. Your message, Lord, that, that disciples died for, that people sacrificed their lives for as well, that they were bold to share and to say that message, that it would be true to us the way that it was for them, Lord. Knowing that you gave your life, but that we then would have peace and turmoil and tribulation. Lord, having a confidence that you've conquered that you beat death and you beat the world. May we walk in that. I ask that you would strengthen us, Lord, and I ask that you would challenge us in that way. And Lord, for our circles, for our circles, people that we see every day, the people that we bond with every day, the people that we rub shoulders with, Lord, that need to know that they can experience peace, that they can experience the joy above all else in you. Equip us and empower us to be able to to walk in that in that mindset and to walk in confidence that that's the message that they need to hear. Walk with us as we go today, Lord. And bless every soul in here. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great Sunday.